know, when we think about this idea of etiquette, it really is, you know, to me a little bit more than um, how do you eat? How do you stand? It's really about who you are. And it, it allows you the space to help define um, what it is that brings you your it. Welcome to Beyond High Street. My name is Jenny Derrick, and I'm the Dean of the Pharma School of Business here at Miami University. Today, I'm joined by Kaya Knowles, who graduated with a bachelor's degree in finance and accountancy back in 2001. And I believe that you have a claim to fame before you even start. You were one of the few people to graduate with both. Talk, talk to me about that, Kaya. So, you know, thank you so much, Jenny, for having me on. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And yes, I am one of the few who graduated with a finance and with a dual in accountancy um, in that early 2000 phase. And so I'm honored with that. Um, I also was honored with the rare occasion. Um, one student is selected uh, at the time when uh, the graduation was still in Millette Hall to carry the flag um, the school flag to the podium. And so I also had that distinguished honor, honor bestowed upon me as well. I loved it. So it's good, so good to have you on the podcast. And thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast, Beyond High Street. As our listeners know, during the podcast, we weave through a range of topics so our listeners can get to know you, more about your journey and your reflections along the way. And just in case the listeners are wondering, how did I come across Kaya? Well, let me tell you, I was invited to a dinner that Kaya hosted, an etiquette dinner, where a lot of our student leaders were invited to come and learn how to eat properly and have a conversation nicely. And I just loved the way Kaya ran it. And I thought you, you just have so much to give our students. And, and so we're going to lean into a lot of the advice that you might give students as they're embarking upon their uh, job search journey and, and entering the workforce. So it's great to have you here. Thank you so much. You know, when we think about this idea of etiquette, it really is, you know, to me a little bit more than um, how do you eat? How do you stand? It's really about who you are. And it, it allows you the space to help define um, what it is that brings you your it. Um, it's more, you know, a lot of people call them the soft skills. And I don't say they're soft. I say they're the human skills. You know, when we think about um, why I'm now doing this as a consultant, you know, I really think um, with my business etiquette is LLC. I think it's important that we define etiquette for everyone anywhere. And if we all really want to deal with this idea of, you know, being able to come together as humans, it is important that we have that. And so that's my mission to take away the misnomer that etiquette is for the elite. And so eliminating that elitism idea, but really making sure everyone knows whether you're in a boardroom or on the factory floor, that you should have some level of decorum and conduct um, everywhere you go. So just staying on the topic of etiquette, and before we start talking about your journey and your pathway to Miami, yes. what was the first time, when was the first time that you ever taught etiquette to anyone? And why did you get into this whole business of etiquette teaching? Oh my, Jenny. <laughs> oh, the reality is 
I've been doing etiquette since I've been in high school. Okay. So um, I had an etiquette teacher um, and she was very much, um, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. And so, you know, my etiquette teacher was really because my mother felt she did not want me climbing in trees and things anymore. And she felt that I needed to be a little bit more ladylike. So I had a private consultant who really took me through all of the aspects of etiquette. Um, it started, like I said, in high school and, you know, sitting, standing, eating, dining, please, thank you, all of those things that are essential. And so the focal point become became after that, you know, now I had all these skills. Okay, great. Um, it allowed me the space to navigate different spaces that most people didn't assume that I could be okay in it. You know, the assumption is, well, she doesn't know what she's doing. You know, they may look at me and think that, but no, I'm okay. And so, um, and so when we get to the part about, you know, I had the opportunity in, um, to come back to Miami um, as a uh, mock interview coordinator, then later program coordinator. And one of the one of the tasks I had was to conduct etiquette dinners. Um, they asked me, they were like, oh, we can you do this? I'm like, absolutely. Um, because they wanted to help the students become and deal with professionalism. We know that when you're on a job search, um, oftentimes a company may take you out to, to eat for lunch or dinner just to see how you may conduct yourself. They may even do a meet and greet up, at, uptown uh, just to see how you conduct yourself in a social environment. And that's really where, you know, I began to hone in on my skills at the time. Uh, my director and supervisor felt it was necessary. Um, thank you, Jennifer McLaughlin and Takia Howard <laughs> for making sure that I had my certifications. And um, and so I went to uh, Etiquette Institute in back in St. Louis and um, got, you know, certified in this, been doing it this way for about five five going on six years now. So, you know, when we think about what does that mean, that really means we're allowing people to be, we are, I facilitate, and I, I would often like to say, most people walk into it thinking it's gonna be very stiff, very, um, you know, very like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And I really, really, really want that not to be the case when I'm teaching etiquette because I want everyone to feel comfortable. And if anything, I want them to walk away knowing that etiquette is easy. Thank you. And, and, and I loved it. You did such a good job. So before we get into the questions on my script, I just want to reflect on a couple of things. So for those who know me or don't know me, you know I'm from New Zealand and New Zealand's one of the British uh, colonies and, and you know Commonwealth countries and my stepmother's English and our heritage is Scottish and so I went along to the etiquette dinner and I learned quite a lot because I learned there's a there's an American way and a European way and I had no idea right so that was that was interesting for me and then the other thing I thought was fabulous was how you had us standing around in the room and it was naturally easy for us to talk to people we knew. But if I recall correctly, at one point, we absolutely had to turn and talk to people that we didn't know and find a way to create conversation. And I think that's such an important skill. So you did it, you did a fabulous job, I thought. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. All right, so back to the script, yes. um, although this is etiquette and your business is part of it too, but I'm just curious about your journey to Miami and in particular the Pharma School of Business. So what brought you to us? Miami University, um, I found me. Um, I received a full academic scholarship 
from my congressman, William L. Clay at the time, and early, well, late 1997. And I received that scholarship. Uh, once we were awarded that scholarship, they were very clear. You have eight terms to graduate. I knew absolutely nothing about the institution. Um, I'm originally from St. Louis, so we know all about Washington University. And then I come to this space of, you know, I run down the hall. They tell me I've received this scholarship. And I'm like, well, where is Miami University? So, you know, I go down to the consular suite and I'm looking on the map like, oh, it's in Ohio. It's like, okay. <laughs> so um, again, my my congressman, he get, he gave out, hundreds of these scholarships all across the nation, HBCUs, um, you know, um, you know, PWIs, all those types, both types of institutions really to ensure that the first congressional district of Missouri was represented and um, it changed my life forever. So that's how Miami found me. <laughs> so what were your first impressions when you set foot across uh, on, on the campus? <laughs> so I travel with a family. Um, I'm the only child, but I'm the only niece. And at the time I was the only granddaughter. And so my whole family took a journey and I was with my godmother and we all came to visit Miami because mind you, um, I missed all of the summer orientations. Um, so I was a part of that late group in August that was trying to figure it all out. So, you know, my family's journeying from St. Louis um, to bring the baby, <laughs> the only girl, uh, to Miami University. So we get off 70 and we get to 27 and now we're on Cornfield Road. So there's two lane highways. I'm from St. Louis. So all of this was new for me. I'm like, oh my, where am I going? Um, again, Cornfield, it was nothing but Cornfield. And again, we're talking about early, late 1997, like the late 1997. So it was even more cornfields and less roads. And so it was an adventure. Um, when we set foot on campus, we found our way to um, the... I believe the cab building, now the Natalie building. And so, um, and so at the time I was told that I needed to meet a gentleman. They called him on the phone. His name was Mr. Bill Madison. And at that time he greeted my family. Um, he, I don't know what he was doing, but whatever he did, he stopped what he was doing to come greet me. Um, I told him what I was interested in. I was interested in finance and um, and so that meant that I would meet him and he became my, you know, advisor, both academic wise, you know, family life wise. And for to this day, I have the most honor for him. He's the one who handed me the flag to to be recognized, um, you know, the student to take it to the podium. So I, you know, my, my coming to Miami, my first semester, oh my word, I literally was homesick physically and, <laughs> and mentally. It was by far my worst semester. Um, but, you know, well, I wish now that I've known about first year forgiveness as far as grades and things, because I would have done so much better, <laughs> but it was great. I love I love the story and I think it's so important for the students who are listening just to really fully appreciate that this transition from high school to college is tough and we all have our own stories and, and versions of it but thank you for being so honest about just having such a rough and a, and a homesick ridden first semester but just how well you did as well.
So you, you went from uh, Miami to a financial analyst role and then you went into the education space. So talk to me a little bit about that, the, the different buckets of, of your journey. Absolutely. So as as I was moving through, you know, going through Miami University, I picked up the major of accountancy because to be honest with you, Jenny, I really was afraid of this idea of going to Wall Street with, you know, as much as I love the stock market, um, I was leaning towards the law side of the major. So I had a lot of the law classes, the law ethics, business law, of course, were required, um, you know, some classes like that. And I really began to have an interest in law. But again, I was too afraid to take that journey. And, and, and just being honest about it, like, I, by the time I got ready to leave Miami, I really didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to go anywhere. Um, but but I realized um, I wanted to go back home. And so that was my desire. Um, you know, I wanted to go back home to St. Louis to be with my family. And the closest I got was Overland Park, Kansas, working for a Sprint at the time. I absolutely loved Kansas City, Overland Park. Um, did not did not like the idea of being a general ledger accountant. That's a month in month out job. Um, you're doing debits and credits reconciliations. And I realized at the time, I definitely should have spent more time at the career center. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. And, and then, you, But then you transitioned from, from finance and accounting into higher education. So what drew you into, into higher education? So when we think about that transition, um, life happened. So when I started at Sprint uh, early 2001, maybe June, you know, July, when most of the incoming uh, new students come to work, um, after graduating and then taking on that role, you know, I think it was by uh, October, we were notified that um, they had us all in the room. They said, you know, we're going to lay off some, some folks. And so, yes, exactly. So when we, when we talk about layoffs, I'm like, okay, well, this is my first job and, you know, out in the world of work and my first career. And, and now I, even now I'm thinking about it and I think, wow, you know, it was three years before I got laid off. But again, I learned about the situation within my first year of working. And so I made it through three rounds, which was great because it gave me an opportunity to be like, you know what, Kaya, you need to figure this out. You, you really don't like general ledger accounting. What is it that you want to do? So I picked up, um, I took advantage of the uh, education reimbursement um, program that Sprint had. I got my master's in business administration. Um, there was a satellite location with Webster University. So I picked up my master's in business administration. Even though the college was originally from St. Louis, they had a satellite in Kansas City. Phenomenal opportunity. I eventually got laid off from Sprint. So by the time you know I got ready to transition, um, you know it was a decision made like, you know what? Let's, you got to go home. Like you got, you got to go home. So um, I packed up everything, moved back to St. Louis, took a, took a role at a small charter school, St. Louis Charter Academies at the time. And I was um, what they call the human relations manager. And that role really helped me figure out that I like people and helping people. And so that's how 
I got into the world of education. Um, so I was a person that dealt with payroll. I was a person that dealt with making sure people had their insurance correct. I was a person that made sure, you know, if you want to, the development and the um, and the essence of work, right? To make sure that the environment was pleasant for folks. So I was that person. And um, I did that until I followed love back to um, Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, you know, I tell that story because I think oftentimes we have to know, you know, what motivates people to move. So I was motivated to move here. I follow love here. Um, I did a short stint at uh, Payne Theological Seminary as their business manager, um, did a lot of transformational things there, um, making sure and, and Payne Theological Seminary, which is in um, is which is in Wilberforce, Ohio, is the oldest black seminary you know, in the United States. So the historical value there um, started by William Allen and the AME Church um, was fundamental in my idea of being around that idea of higher education. And so um, so I did that for a short time, uh, made some milestones there, and then, um, you know, took a role with the city of Dayton as a financial analyst again. And, and, you know, I never thought I would go back to that, but I did. And so, um, and so, you know, I worked as a financial analyst uh, doing general ledger again, making sure that our urine books were correct with the, you know, we call it the CAFRA. And then I got an opportunity again to do something that I really wanted to do was, which was work with people. And I did that in the tax and revenue side. So I was a tax analyst. And I absolutely loved it. I loved it because it combined my love for math, right? It combined my love for numbers with helping people who are very creative with their taxes, right? <laughs> and so that's what moved me um, to that space. Um, I did that for about five years. I decided that, you know, life was happening and I wanted to stay at home with my children. And so um, I did that for a really short time, maybe two, three months and realized, okay, this is not for me. I need to work. <laughs> so I, I drove, and here's the wild part. I drove to Miami in hopes to find a space for alum to understand, you know, what opportunities were there. Um, I ended up at the career center, found out about a part-time position that they had as a mock interview coordinator. It was perfect. My children were un both were under two years old. So part-time work was ideal. <laughs> um, and so I did that for a while. Um, they hired me on full-time and I've been in a higher education career development piece ever since. And so I absolutely really enjoy this journey. And and I love the way you've, the honesty with which you've, you've shared. Thank you. And I think for the listeners, you know, we often talk about juggling families and, and, and choices that we make along the way. And I just love the way you've articulated your journey and the choices that you made and, 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 and how at peace you are with the choices and being really authentic about who you are and what you value as a person. I think it's so important. So now we're going to move for a trip down memory lane. It's a fun part. So I've got a you know the quick fire round we call this. So when you look back on your time at Miami, who was your favorite professor? I had two. I could not pick one. It was Mr. Bill Madison and Mr. William uh, Mauer, Dr. Mauer. He was my uh, taught a lot of my law classes. Bill Madison. I did an independent study with him on business. Um, so all of that. Um, matter of fact, that's what sparked my interest in law. 
was Mauer, I call him. And Madison just really helped me understand how to navigate a professional business space. Yeah, it's great. What was your least favorite subject? Oh, calculus, hands down. Still is for many. <laughs> oh, man. like, it was a GPA killer and I still don't understand. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> so, yes. And I look back on it, honestly, Jenny, I would... If I had not taken calculus, my GPA would have been much better. I would not have been graduating by the skin of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> and here's the thing, Kaya, when I talk to some of our older alumni going back decades, they say calculus haunted them as well. <laughs> yeah, and I know I'm being recorded and this is a publicly available podcast, so I'll move on to the next question. <laughs> what co-curricular activities were you involved in? I was involved in many. Um, my favorite was the fact that I was involved in um, the Miami University Gospel Choir Singers. So mugs is what it's called. Um, I was proud of that. I eventually became president, made sure that we got out of the deficit. Um, I was a part of the first year institute. Um, you know, the, the pre-FYI is what it's called back then. Uh, we came to campus early and got a chance to really start acclimating ourselves to this environment called Oxford and, and, and the campus of Miami University. Um, I was a part of the Black Student um, uh, um, Student Organization, Black Student Action Association. I was a part of the Multicultural Business Student Network. I was a part of, um, you know, just, just a plethora of things that I thought would help me in my career. And thank you for all that you did while you were here and also for the support you've you you obviously offered other students of color and 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 we're so grateful to you for that. So what are you a morning person or a nighttime person? As in when do you prefer to take your classes? <laughs> I am a nighttime person, really. And I tell people, yes, I get up before you know the sunrise, but my brain really doesn't start working until about 10 a.m. That's with coffee. And then my best time to take classes were between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Um, and then, you know, my brain really goes into what I call my innovation mode anytime after dark. After dark. <laughs> I love that. What was your favorite night of the week while at Miami? Thursday nights, uptown. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so we'll come back to um, Uptown in a minute. Did you intern while you were here? Yes. And so um, when we think about, I had two, I have two favorite nights. I should, I should be honest. I had my Thursday night Uptown, but I also had Wednesday night because that was gospel choir night. So, you know, either one. Um, <laughs> but yes, I did do some interning. I actually um, was the student worker in the finance department um, over in Upham Hall. So yes. That's great. And where did you live in your freshman year? McBride Hall on East Quad. Do, do you remember the room number? Um, three, two, one. That's pretty good. What about off campus? Where did you head after McBride? So I stayed on campus all four years. I only lived off campus one time. And that was during the summer between my junior and senior year so that I could take a few more classes so that I could graduate within those eight terms <laughs> so I could uh, have both degrees. So I only lived off campus during one summer. So after that, I went, I lived in McBride, McCracken, Ogden, and McFarland. What's your favorite building uh, on campus, not in Uptown? I would have to say it was 
Upham Hall. Um, Upham Hall in the finance office, I felt most at home um, because all the faculty were there. I could help and assist them. Um, it was right across the street from, you know, you right, right, go right over to Shriver. So it was a tie, Upham and Shriver. What's your favorite place? Uh, sorry, your favorite spot uptown when you used to go up there on Thursday nights? <laughs> Where did you go? First run in Wendy's. <laughs> first running Wendy's all day every Thursday <laughs> that's funny um do you ever go back have you been back on or you came back to work but did you go back to these places a lot yes so um when I came when I had the opportunity to work um you know in the office of now career certain you know then career services off center for career exploration and success now um that was early to 2020. 2012 through 2019. And, um, and so I found myself doing things that I hadn't done um, while I was here at campus. Like I found out about Max and Irma's. I mean, you know, Mac, um, is it Mac and Irma's? No. Mac and Joe's? Mac and Joe's. Is I it? found out about Mac and Joe's. I found out about Bagel and Deli. I would say I'm a little bit partial more to Mac and Mac and Joe's. Um, but I found out about these places after the fact. I mean, you know, you're a college students. So we were on Wendy's and Wendy's was 99 cent nuggets. So and at least you found out about these favorite places at some point. What's your most what's your most memorable personal experience while you were here at Miami as a student? It had to be when I had the opportunity to travel to Ghana, West Africa. Um I between the summer of, was it the summer? Okay, between the summer of my junior to senior year, I traveled to West Ghana, Africa. And I was a student, um, we had a group um, run by Dr. Yaboa, uh, Mr. Madison, and it was a interdisciplinary experience. Um, there was another faculty member and I can't remember her name, but they all took us, we all had our own disciplines. And so for the first two weeks, we would study all together at um, the University of Science, Technology in, in Kumasi. Then uh, the next two weeks we traveled um, from the Northern to the Southern, to the Eastern, to the you know Western most parts. We bathed in the, you know, waterfall, you know, river waterfall. We had elephants come into our window when we went to the you know, the national park, it was phenomenal. And then the last two weeks we worked in our discipline. And so we took on, you know, somewhat of a capstone project. Ours was Guinness Ghana Limited and we helped them deal with their um, their time card. So by that point, you know, dating myself a little bit, um, Ghana was using the punch cards and we were using the swipes, swipe card. So it made it much less, it made it less, uh, easy for people to, you know, um, um, they were having issues of clocking in. So everybody was clocking everybody else in. Well, now you have your ID to show who you are. Um, and I think that one was my most off-campus experience, but it had to also be meeting the Colonel, meeting um, Colonel Colin Powell. So that too. That's an amazing, what a, an amazing, and I love the fact that our students have so many international opportunities and they're really diverse and incredibly rich with experience. So if, if there's, when you look back over your time at Miami, what if anything would you have done differently? You know, I thought about this and when I think about it most, I would say I would try to hone in and not 
leave so early. I would have been comfortable with staying the extra term to or two to get my master's in accountancy. I would have stayed a little bit longer to explore what it was that I really wanted as my what's next. And I wouldn't have rushed, you know, trying to be such in a hurry to leave. I really wouldn't. That's really, that's the really thoughtful advice. So I'm on to the very last section of our podcast interview, and it's a, a time to give advice to students. So my, I've got a two-part question. So what other advice would you give to students listening to this podcast? And I'm really focusing on incoming first years. As, as, what, would you, what would you share with them? What do you want them to know? I want them to know to learn your education options. Understand about the first year forgiveness grade piece understand what it means to change your major, understand what it means to explore your major. Um, this is something that I often think we hear about a major and we think that that's it, that's all. And I think we, as in a liberal arts education institution like Miami, you have the opportunity to really begin to explore various ways of learning. And in all those ways, Miami does a great job with critical thinking and teaching us how to learn and think in and beyond um, what is right here. Innovation is really a part of how we learn and how we navigate problem solving. The other thing to first year students, I would say, is be a human. Understand and know your basics. Know your financial aid. If you're not on financial aid, understand how your bills get paid, understand your housing, um, you know, do the basics, get your food, clothing and shelter, clothes, you know, all in order, know how to wash clothes, um, have some level of, you know, whether it's um, keep your mindfulness going, whether that's your spirituality or, you know, having some way to decompress in a very mindful way um, is good for your mental um, and then social. You know, understand that you are a social human being and you should have some level of, of relaxation um, to the point of knowing how to be responsible. What great advice. And now for the second group of people, I, I, what advice would you give people who are freshly out, like a couple of years into their, their career? What would you say to them? I would say constantly evaluate where you are and what you're doing and understand and define your purpose. Um, what I'm seeing, and I, I guess I have the advantage of seeing this because of the work that I do, um, oftentimes, you know, folks get out of school and they're like, well, now what? You know, I thought that this career was for me. Um, maybe they didn't take advantage of the career center. Maybe they weren't necessarily sure about that particular career path. It is okay to change. It is okay to begin to start doing some of that deep work around, you know, what do you want your purpose and 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 process to be in life? Um, defining those goals. Uh, we do an exercise with um, what at the Career Center that talked about. We used the book um, and. Um, what will we do with this major? Can I think of the author's name? But it had an exercise in there about how do you define success? Really take some time to define that because what we're learning is that, you know, after you are financially stable, you, you need to be holistically fulfilled. That's perfectly, so beautiful. Thank you. 
So thank you so much, Kaya, for the gift of your time for allowing me to record this podcast. One defining characteristic of the Pharma School of Business is just how engaged our alumni are, how willing they are to continue to find ways to support the school, our students, our faculty, staff and other alumni. So thank you, Kaya, and go well as you continue your journey beyond High Street. Thank you so much. Love and honour.